what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is my mate Doreen. Hi, this is Tom Thurwa. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel Hustle Malone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, Bull Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Carl Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken glorious broken but glorious to broken but glorious podcast because like me you are head to tour a pro hello and welcome to my brit rest journey i'm chris laughlin i'm delighted to be joined online by the head booker of ultimate british wrestling and the host of the ashes oh sorry the host of the from the ashes <laughs> wrestling podcast paul ash how you doing Stephen paul i'm good i'm good thank you it's interesting you were saying before this about uh intro head booker and i was saying yeah, I wear many hats in, in UEW. Head booker, talent liaison, trainer, <laughs> uh, head trainer, uh, promoter, graphics designer. It's just non-stop. It's a full-time job in itself. If only I got a full-time wage for it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, from, from your uh, the Square One Academy just recently, you've had such a like this, a great crop of like the last 18 months. As, like, like, yeah. like Tony Sin and Harrison and... Oh, the Odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. Spicer, yep. Spicer. Oh, it must be like like a really proud moment or maybe a bit scary that they were going out in the world now. It's like, oh, they're like, like my baby. <laughs> yeah. It, honestly, I was saying this to somebody. I was actually saying this to my uh, my trainer the other day who I interviewed on my podcast that, you know, I, I don't have kids, but I look at them like children and, and they all call me dad, mm. uh, which is kind of weird, but kind of good. Um, and yeah, it is that thing of like, oh, they're going out into the world and, you know, I hope they're going to be okay. But the crop we've got at the moment, they are so unbelievably good. I'm not worried for any of them. They they yeah. are just taking the scene over bit by bit. It's amazing to see. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think I've, I've interviewed Leon, Adonis Payne, um, Artemis and Tony Sin all within a month of each other. And yeah, they had nothing but good things to say about Square One and how, how you've helped the career. I think. Artemis is off to Germany soon as well, so I think. So it's like, <laughs> they, they are honestly, they she she herself, she is just tearing the scene up. She's working so many places and getting headhunted by so many places. And mm. considering how long she's been doing this, it's it's unreal. She's an enigma that one. Definitely, <laughs> she's really she's amazing. So um, Paul has joined us to discuss his upcoming show, Biggles Wade Beach Blast, on the second of July at the. Sorry if I'm <laughs> I burst the blood vessel in my right eyes. This is what I was to look at. <laughs> yes, yeah, the Weatherly Centre in Weatherly Centre, yeah. Kind of our home base. We've been there for about five or six years now, and it's it's always the it's our Madison Square Garden, if you will. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I can't remember how we I got into. I, th- I think it was early lockdown. My then four year old was obsessed with watching rumbles, and you got mm. one of the most unique rumbles. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the lava one <laughs> the that floor is lava, lava. Yeah. yeah and he loves them. <laughs> yeah the lava lava is so much fun because you know we, we try and we try and use it as an opportunity to tell stories to um advance things that are going on to introduce new people and it's it mechanically it's so complex but i think some of the best stuff has ever happened over the last few years and and there is there is a genius mind behind lava it's not me and i won't mention who it is but um, they designed some absolutely amazing stuff over the years, and yeah, lava's our kind of our big one. I love it. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> I don't know how many times we've watched one, one to three. I think we've watched loads. There was a four that we kept the fourth this year. Um, one, so no, it's the fifth. Fifth just gone. Oh, so one to four, we've watched loads. <laughs> amazing stuff. Let's, yeah, it's good. It's good watching you. The early ones you can have it. If you had a shot every time I'd interviewed someone, I'd just be wasted by the end. Of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like, we can get through the whole rumble now. Absolutely. <laughs> right, so you got stacked cards so far. So you got like the Young Lion Championship. You've got yeah, Josh Spicer versus Vinny Cray. Vinny Cray is a really interesting character. I, like, I really like him. I think he's one of the people who could just put into any promotion. I think, and it's just his character yeah. would work. Like, yeah, yeah, Josh Spicer is really fun. So it's like, and it's interesting to see, I mean, those two have been kind of projects of mine over the last couple of years mm. and seeing the way that they've grown. Like, like Vinny came in, he had a, a lot of years of experience, but he hadn't branched out many places. He hadn't mm. worked um, maybe necessarily the upper echelon of people. Uh, but as soon as he came in, I just saw someone that 
you know, with a bit of work and a bit of direction could be something so special. And he's, he's had a chance to work with some great talents over the last couple of years. And he's one of the best things on the show now. He's it's an amazing character and he's, he's so unintentionally funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. That should be a really fun match. Well, so for the listeners who don't know, what is like the Young Lions Championship? Is that like equivalent to? So it's, 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 it's kind of that. Yeah, it's kind of our Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. It's it's the stepping stone to the big one. It's the one where people are coming up and they're beyond that point of just cutting their teeth, but they're getting they're getting really good with what they're doing now and they're establishing themselves. It's their launching pad. Um, it's been a launching pad for. Tommy Kyle, uh, Charles Crowley, Truman Roswell, Spicer, so many people over the years, and it's it's literally the stepping stone to go up from there. Yes, definitely. Yeah, then you've got the greatest UBW Square One champion, Tony Sin, of all time. <laughs> he will tell you that. He will tell you that. Sin, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least abuse Sin at once on this podcast um, because he is just an absolute social nightmare and uh, I have to abuse him at all podcasts. <laughs> but he is, he is a great talent. He has been an absolutely electric champion thus far. Um, but he's taking on Sunset Skip. I mean, Skip's been around 20 years. Um, if you listen to the stories of Skip, uh, from what I was told, he once wrestled a bear in uh, Russia and he beat it with a Canadian destroyer. He invented the sunset flip. Uh, he's the only man to wrestle inside of a volcano. Um, he's part of the NOI family. They just try and keep it quiet. You know, there's so many urban legends about Skip, so it's going to be good. I can't remember. I was trying to think of one of somebody. I can't remember. There's so, there's so many. I, I made up and put up on it. Yeah. So yes, yes. Sin's a great character. I was, I've, I've even offered to be one. If he ever did like a faction with a lackey and he just needed a lackey, obviously. Like, well, he has got his druids, and he has a rotating group of druids, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that'd be great. So, so the Square One Championship is your academy championship. So, yes, yes, yes. That's for people breaking through. Um, again, it's it's been a launch pad for various people before they move up to the more um, main roster, if you will. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's always the. It normally opens the show, so it's the one that sets the tone. So, which is why Sin goes out there and uh, puts on uh, it's just just a what I call a Michael Bay match. It's just so much. Stuff going on. Um, but yeah, he sets the tone for everyone else to follow. It's good. Yeah, the first time I saw Tony Sin was in one of your rumbles where yeah, you're like fancy dress rumbles. He came out dressed as the Pope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just remember I didn't I hadn't seen the outfit beforehand, and he just suddenly got in a ring, and I looked up and went. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> outfit it was amazing. You won the last one, did you? Because you dressed as a Christmas tree. Uh, yes, I did. Yes. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. that, that because was... you did you do an iron sheet? You literally couldn't get thrown out. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was, it was, it, the decision was made that day. Well, we can't throw him over, so he'll have to win it. Yeah. It's great. So I was like, yep, perfect. Yeah, Oops, well, what's up into this one? <laughs> uh, no, uh, the amount of times we watched, we've watched the one where Buzz Lightyear wins, I've no. I've no idea how many times we've watched that much. Yeah, was, that that was uh, the kids loved that. It was so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's when he was going through a slight obsession phase, and then you have rumbles, and then you have superheroes in it as well, and a, a crayon <laughs> randomly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the best thing. Uh, NXT's Stevie Turner, the you know the the stupid superstar in herself, stardom star, yeah. uh, NXT star, and she was a green crayon. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it was, yeah, such a fun match. I'd say I had no idea. When, when the Invisible Man comes in, that's his favourite part. Like, oh. Yeah, so much fun doing that. So much fun. Crowley is a dinosaur. Just insanity. Also, Crowley's the dinosaur. Crowley was a dinosaur. He was also the gorilla, which was, it led to a hilarious moment of his head slipping around so he couldn't see. Mm-hmm. So he was just yeah. spearing people without being able to see anything. It was just chaos. Utter chaos. Yeah, such a match. Now you you do that. That's a charity show every year, is Yes, yeah. Spectrum, who we work with up in Cambridge, um, for the children with uh, life limiting conditions, um, neurological conditions, and such. Um, we work with them every year. We do either either Halloween or Christmas, kind of alternating it. Um, and it's yeah, it's just a great big fundraiser. It's just so much fun. Yeah, we we love watching that. <laughs> Uh, final match has been officially announced. You've got the, your UBW Women's Championship 
Mm. Quali- uh, is it tournament? Yeah, so it's a, the tournament which is going to be culminated in September at the 10th anniversary show. Uh, and we've got two of the four first round matches on this show. So we've announced one, yes. which is going to be Darcy Stone and Kira Chimera. Mm-hmm. Kira Chimera's debut with us. Kira's amazing talent who's known across the UK, known across France, known across Europe. Um, she's a destruction machine and Darcy, the firecracker is fantastic, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a challenge for her. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's two girls. I've, I've not happened have, have to see live. I have heard a lot of good things about Kira, 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 so, <laughs> both very, very good. Yeah. And can you announce any other matches? Yeah. I might as well drop, drop the bomb right now. Uh, cause <laughs> the graphics are going out in the next day or two anyway. Um, so there's three other matches. So we've got these, the, which will now be the third match in the women's first round, which will be a Luna blue mm. going up against a, to be announced opponent. We're going to keep that quiet until last minute. Ooh, um, but Luna's worked with us before. Luna's just, she's so, so hot at the moment in terms of who places she's working, getting her name out there. She's across, I think she's in Germany at the moment. Mm. Just incredible year she's having. So looking forward to seeing that one. Um, then we're also going to be having Sunset Skip going up against Ian Rosario. Ooh. So the the master of the territory against the pride of Portugal. That'll be interesting. Yes. Too big. It's going to be like, a, you know, Big E Langston's big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah. That's <laughs> what that one's going to be. Uh, and then the last one will be the main event, which is going to be uh, Levi defending against memes. Ooh. Mm. Memes has worked his way into a, a main event spot. Yes. I'm, lo- I'm loving heel memes. I just, I didn't, when, when he turned heel, I was like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. He was such like a fan favourite. Like, mm. like the, the whole promotion seems to be built around his, this face. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't sold at first. I wasn't sold on it working. No. But yeah, boy, did it. Yeah. Yeah. And the meme team was one of the best things of last year and into yeah. this year. It was just so over, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. It was, um, I, I got to, was when I interviewed Crowley when I was in, I was um, researching for him. So it, was, it was just when Show Memes was that the tag team? Yep, show show yeah, Show Memes. Yeah, yeah it was when, when they exploded. Same thing. So yeah, exploded. Yeah, so, so he came. Yeah, that was an amazing night. We made kids cry, and it was yeah. so it was so <sighs> difficult thing as a promoter because part of you is like, oh no, there's kids crying, and then the other part of you is the book is going, yeah, we've made kids cry. Very difficult mix. <laughs> Yeah, because if somebody's that invested in your show, you know you're doing something really well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, I, I've made one appearance on a show. It was at Wrestle Island, and we just they brought us out as big trainees in the middle of the show, and then with the big baddie faction came out and beat us up, and somehow we ended up joining them. But my seven year old, so he must have been six at the time. He was like, "Daddy, you broke my heart." <laughs> <laughs> we turned bad guys, and I had to buy my Mackies for you'll talk to me after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, McDonald's solves all heartaches. It's a known fact. He's just Daddy, you're, not bad. you're not bad, are you? I said, no, no, I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> just, just when the need arises. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so fun. Yeah, um, I put ticket information in the description if anybody wants to go to the show. But yeah, I, I do recommend any UBW show. We love watching it on YouTube. And I'd love to get down there one day. I'm hoping to learn to drive soon. Yeah. So, so, there's like proper like north I'm a bit stuck in the northwest wrestling scene, so I need to mm. get out there a bit. I think so. So much good things happening down south, especially. yeah, yeah, the east side. Yeah, I mean, yeah, between us and and sacrifice and win and um, unite and tidal. Mm. Uh, I mean, obviously not all in the same area, but that's kind of the circuit that a lot of our our talent work. Mm. Um, I mean, sacrifice is <laughs> some amazing stuff. They're just so oh, creative. Best. Um, they do some amazing stuff. Tidal and United are, are making waves all the time. Um, Win Wrestling's constantly, you know, building people up. And most of our roster work that kind of group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot. It's a really thriving scene down this way at the moment. It's good. Yeah, I, re- I really enjoy Future as well. It's just like they're, yeah. They're really good. So. Yeah. All right, so let's learn a bit about you. So let's give mm. away your age. Who, who's your favorite wrestler growing up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was quite late to the party as well because uh, I didn't get into it till '91, so it's kind of after the, the wave same, of popularity. Same year. Um, same year. Getting into WWE. Was, yeah, and I was I was a WCW guy first because that's all I could get because that was on late night on ITV. Um, 
and I watched that, then eventually got to see the WWE stuff. But um, yeah, I was 14 at the time. Uh, and the first time I saw WCW, I was just like, God, what is this? This is amazing. Uh, to be honest, the first guy I saw was Sid. So I was really impressed quite early <laughs> on. Of the, what is that? Um, yeah. When, and, and you, was, when you're used to watching World of Sports and then suddenly you see this American stuff, you're like, wow. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. But that's the thing, like, you know, growing up, I'd seen bits of it and I'd seen Daddy and Haystacks and I'd seen, you know, Johnny Saints of the World and such. And all of a sudden you're seeing Sid, you're seeing Ron Simmons, you're Butch Reed and you're like, well, this is a bit different. Mm. And there was all these just monster human beings and I was just really hooked straight away. And it, it was obviously WCW wasn't as much soap opera and as much mm. drama and as much glitz and glamour. But I was just drawn to the characters and the heroes and villains dynamic. And then first time I saw WWF, which was WrestleMania 8, I was like, Jesus, what is this? This is unreal. I've never seen this many people before. And it just kind of went from there. And I was, I literally, for the first, I'd say, 10 years, I didn't miss a single episode of wrestling programming ever. Oh, wow. Everything possible. Every magazine, I tried to learn everything imaginable. And it was just, yeah, it was my obsession. Yeah, I've got my, still got my Vespinia eight VHS over there. Don't have a VHS player anymore. <laughs> I've got, I've got uh, a combination TV and VHS sitting right next to me for the pure purpose. Oh, I have things like this. Oh, yes. I don't know if it'll show up. Prize enjoy. I don't know if it'll show up on there because I've got my background on. I've got rest. Oh, nice. I've yeah, I saw on Flash Brief Rumble eighty nine. Yeah. WrestleMania 8, yeah. I had more back in the day, but I don't know what happened over the years. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got the same, same year. I got, well, that was when we got Sky, so that's when I started watching it regularly. But we used to yeah. um, get random video from the video shop, so I never watched it in order, so I had no clue whatever was happening. No, no. <laughs> <it's> like... <laughs> but, yeah. But we used to, yeah, just going through the video shop. And, yeah, we used to love it. Yeah. Macho Man was my favourite growing up. So, so. Was he? Oh, awesome. Yeah, I was. I was the first few guys that I was just taken with were, were Vader, even though he was a bad guy. Vader, Scott Steiner. What's that? I love Vader now. On, when we create, when I create myself on Joel's wrestling game, I always yeah. pick Vader as my moves. So it's like, <laughs> I think he was just he was the unstoppable villain. Like you know, everyone loves loves Darth Vader. Everyone likes kind of Thanos as a villain because they just they just seem unbeatable, and that's what Vader had. But it was him, it was Scott Steiner, because the Steiner brothers were just incredible. Oh. Um, and then when I first got into the WWF, it was the Ultimate Warrior. It was just, <laughs> this is a, a man wearing tassels and clearly on a tremendous amount of mind-altering drugs. Mm -hmm. How can you not love that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, but if you can cut them promos and make that much money about being a great wrestler he was i always say to i always say to people there's a there's a massive difference between being a great wrestler and being a great worker um he wasn't a great wrestler but he was a great worker as in he pulled people in he got people interested he sold tickets he sold merch and people still remember him now that's a worker getting the most amount of money for what you do with what you have so yeah he was a tremendous worker in that sense um you just have to have it in context of you're never going to see a 45 minute classic with him <laughs> i can still quite happily go back and watch hogan versus warrior oh yeah the first, the first five minutes was just some clothesline each other and bouncing off each other like it's it's, it's, it's it's not a technical masterpiece but it's what for that they built it up to where they could just run into each other and everyone's like yeah <laughs> so it, it like, was an it was an epic clash of the titans match and that's what it needed to be yeah i'd like to go back and hear and like like vince mcmahon was so scared that it wouldn't work mm the title type of thing i was like yeah yeah, yeah it's brilliant <laughs> was was amazing so what prompted you to use the dawn site to get the ring yourself i was well, a young man named philip bedwell so myself and phil have been friends now for coming up on 30 years next year um we yeah. met at school both had a love for wrestling <clears throat> and we just hung out watched every bit of wrestling possible he was into tape trading so I got my first exposure to ECW, to Japan, to All Japan Women. And it was just great. We just enjoyed being fans. And then we had an opportunity one time uh, to go to Hammerlock, which was based in Kent. They were doing a, an all-day week, uh, sorry, all weekender, two-day weekender, training school, learn to do this. And I thought, well, I've got no athletic ability. I was never any good at sports <laughs> at school. I'm not particularly outgoing. This is literally nothing of this makes sense to do it. Let's go. And yeah, just did it on a, it was one of those kind of like, if I, 
I want to do it because if I don't do it, I'll always regret never having done it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, after the first two days, I was hooked. I was like, we got to run this as far as we can, mate, and see what we can do with it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I look. I, I say I've been training just over a year. So starting when you're forty is not probably the greatest idea. But my son really wanted to do it, and yeah, so I went with it. <laughs> so, but I was a little. About 17 stone when I started. I weighed myself the other day. I was four. I'm 14 nine now. So fantastic. So absolutely, yeah. Which I put down to wrestling trainers. Yeah. It's also about mental health as well. I think it's just just a great. Yeah. I absolutely love it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, yeah. I always say this to people, like you know, it, it's it's got a multitude of, of benefits on a mental health level. It's great because it's escapism from the real everything else in every day. You work a, a 40 hour a week job. You got to answer to somebody else. You got to take orders, etc. In wrestling, you can go and you can let all that fly away. You can be that character you don't like. You can be the character you want to be. But it's just a community of people, and you're just letting loose. You're having fun. You're getting to play a superhero or a supervillain, and it's exercise. It's social. It, it's everything. Yeah, I, th- I think for the first two or three months, I was because I was so unfit when I started. I was knackered after the warm up, so I couldn't really learn anything. But getting to that basic level of fitness you need yeah. really, really helped. Now, I think maybe getting, maybe get to jump into the advanced class soon. I reckon I could, maybe. Yeah, you will. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, you will. So. Honestly, when it, when it comes to like that kind of stuff, it, it it's all about. Um, I don't know if attitude's the right word. It's. Just putting the effort in and having the right mindset. I've, I've had people come up to because I do the intermediate classes now uh, and advanced. I don't I don't do the beginners anymore. But I've had people that have come up from the beginners and they either click straight away or they don't. And it's yeah. it's all down to that. There's all down to the attitude. And I've I've had people come in that have almost no athletic ability. Fine, we'll get you to what we'll get you to be the best version of you. I don't want you to be Dean Malenko. I don't want you to be Shawn Michaels. Let's make you the best version of you. And and you can have, you know, you've got people out there that the fitness is off the charts. Tommy Carl's a great example, just a machine. And then you've got people way down the other end of the scale that don't have that kind of fitness. Um, I don't know, Percy Trainer could be one of them. Um, me. But if you've got the character, you've got the, what you need to do to make your thing work, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but... but, but... My goal to be game with was because everybody else was a lot younger than me. Just keep up with these people to be game with. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. We we did we did. You said oh, you need to do these ten things to be able to get in the advanced class. And anything I think I failed on was I can't do back bumps. I think I think it's something in my brain won't let me just throw myself back. But if you sla- body slam me or suplex me, I can do it. Just I can't just yeah do it. <laughs> so it's. People, I've said this to people before because people say like, "Oh, I struggle with back bumps" or "I struggle with flip bumps," and I always say the same thing to them. There's one very simple psychological fact that stops you from doing them: mm-hmm. common sense. Yeah, because <laughs> you, if you fall over in everyday life, you do everything possible to not fall over. You're deliberately throwing yourself on the floor. Your body's going, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just time. You'll, you'll get it one day. You'll do one, and you'll be like, "Ah, my brain now says it's okay," and you'll be yeah. fine from there onwards. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> you will. Seventeen year old just does it. I was like, oh, it's just stupid. Yeah, I know, but there's, <laughs> there's, there's when you when you're seventeen, you've got a, you've got a combination of um, no wisdom and uh, no common sense. So yeah, <laughs> you often you don't really care when you're seventeen. I know. That's, just, that's the one thing I need to get over. Just yeah, just throw yourself back and stop landing on your ass. Get on top of your back. <laughs> You will get there. Just pretend there's a rug underneath your feet. Just pull it out from underneath you. Push your pelvis forward and just tuck that chin. You'll be fine. You'll yeah, so you, you actually started wrestling. Was it, what was the British wrestling scene like in like the late 90s, early 2000s compared wow. to these days? Was it, was it, I mean, very different. Was it 98? 98 I started out, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there were very few games in town back then. There was Hammerlock in the South and... There was kind of, there was All-Star, there was Fremantle promote, or Premier Promotions, um, and a couple of others bouncing around, but that was it. And then maybe one or two up north. So there weren't many places to go at all. Uh, so, and it was very different. There was still a lot of the, the, the people that were from the world of sport days. So it was a bit of a diverse demographic. Um, and we were kind of on the cusp of this new entertainment style coming in a lot more. So it it was difficult at first because we never had problems of the old school guys. You know, oh, we don't want to deal with you. But you were trying to coexist. 
and both run on the same track it was hard but um yeah we there was a lot of drive at that point of the younger generation to do you know what let's bring wrestling back up but let's reinvent it let's bring it into where it is now in 98 it's still living in 88 let's yeah. do something with it. let's make it exciting again let's let's make it interesting and, and that all started really with the fwa and that was i've said to people before the fwa the mindset was kind of like this is a uk ecw in terms yeah. of we're a bunch of renegades we're a bunch of uh game changers uh watch what we're gonna do and that was really the the genesis of all of it yeah as i say i had no sense of a british i was, I was 17 18 98 so I, I had no sense of what a british scene was. i think i knew i think i knew that all-star games and you race and twice a year or whatever it was but that's about it it was just a just something that happened on camp shows and but yeah seriously i mean at that point it was still the dying days of the tribute shows where you'd have like um i saw one with like uk undertaker who was five foot ten and did hurricane runners and you thought hold on a minute you're not really doing that gimmick justice <laughs> but you had things like that and it was mostly the tribute shows at that point because it was really kind of the dying embers of what was going on so it was a, it was a very weird landscape yeah it was what because everyone keeps seems to think say that like 2013 was like this epic year for british wrestling so when did you feel that there was this big wave of british wrestlers back there's been many that's the thing people tend to work from the perspective of where they've been aware of things you know it, it, people look through a lens um i've seen multiple waves over the years so in uh 2001 2002 the fwa i mean bear in mind they're on bravo tv which was one of the premier uh satellite channels at the time uh channel four they were in documentaries uh we had a weekly tv show down on the portsmouth channel oh, wow. uh, a lot of the guys were working across europe so you know, the fwa spiked big um and it was the first company to really get the the foreign talent over i mean i remember being on shows with aj styles samara joe cm punk colt cabana wow. chris daniels all the guys that kind of were the hottest stuff on the scene in the early 2000s they were all on our shows and kind of cutting their teeth there and first international tours and stuff. So the FWA was enormous at the time. Then it kind of quietened down a little bit. Then IPW came along and they brought in more of the American indie stars. So people from like PWG, Chikara and stuff. Uh, and those shows were, were enormous fun. Big numbers every month kind of thing. Um, then again, it took a bit of a, a downswing. Then it came up again in kind of the 2013 area where... You know, progress came along rev pro came along which is kind of out of the ashes of pardon the pun out of um ipw so yeah i i've seen that over the years there's been multiple so yeah while there was that spike there's been other spikes before and and, and even bigger in some ways yeah yeah i was a bit late to see i we went to the first Brit rest show 2017 it was just mm, uh, mm. Wrestle Island. did a show here and yeah, we've been obsessive ever since yeah, we go all over the northwest and north wales to watch wrestling now so, yeah it's great i mean it, there's there's so much out there now at the moment the, the scene is busier in the uk than it's ever been i was saying to, to artemis just the other day like i wish i'd had the opportunities that you guys are getting at the moment because you know she she was saying to me the other day she's got five matches in one weekend and she's working every weekend at the moment yeah i would have killed for that in my youth i was we were lucky to get a couple of months mm. but you know, uh, it's it's a great thing that there's so much out there for them now to go out there and do so much. Yeah, and the standards really high. I think I don't, I don't think I've been to a bad show ever. Maybe I don't, probably one of the best shows I ever went to. I mean, there was only about twenty people there, but the wrestlers just had fun because there was only twenty people. They just had fun with it. And it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I think the, the the demographic of people in the business now is very different. Like everyone that's in the business now was a fan. Whereas yeah. back in the 90s days, some of them were just doing it as a job. And while that's good, because you have an air of professionalism about how you treat it, sometimes, you know, you, when you've got a day job, you just go clock in, do what you got to do and clock out. And there were people that were doing that. You don't tend to get that nowadays. Yeah. I know UBW is not a promotion that relies on its imports, but over the years you've had like, people like Tajiri, like, like Bailey, mm -hmm. Vader Scott, yeah. Sugar Duncan Tiddles, Pineapple Pete and EUW found the yep. man and people like that so when you bring big people big names in like that how do you decide who's going to face them generally um 
when when the opportunity comes to get somebody of that level in, it's fantastic. We want to, one, we want to give them somewhere to work. Two, we obviously want to have a name attached to it. But we want to make sure that we got someone that's on our roster that we want to either get that rub, get a bit of a boost, needs a new challenge, or someone we're prepping for something. Uh, and we tend to do that with it. So they get the best person they can work with, but also that person's going to get the most out of it because with all respect to them, they're not coming back next month. They may come back you know, a couple of years in the future. So whoever they work with has got to have ride that rub for a while. Um, and we try and do that. And that's why we had tra- uh, uh, Crowley against the jury because he's Crowley. Um, and yes. Spike Valentine went up against uh, Sugar Dunkerton because Spike was on his upward trajectory at the time. So, yeah, we try and make sure it's the, the right people for the right reason. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the, the Crowley versus Jerry match. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and you know, everyone watched that. It was it was what they call in the business a curtain sellout. Everyone was watching from the back. The best thing about that match, it really solidified what we try and tell a lot of the younger talent. You don't have to go out and do everything because those two guys did almost nothing for twelve minutes, and it was just standing ovation in the back afterwards. Because they told, they just, you know, they entertained. Really fun. How did you get involved with UBW? Oh, I'll be honest. I was kind of ready to just jack it all in. It was um, 2013, and I was kind of hanging on from a few bits. Uh, a couple of places I'd been working out, I'd, I'd moved on from. And I said, oh, well, you know, I've had a great run. Uh, maybe I need a new chapter in my life. And then one of my friends, or actually Skip, um, was running a training school in Hitchin, uh, which, see, me and Skip had started a school beforehand, but then I'd moved away from that school. It had fallen down for one reason or another. Skip started a new one, uh, and he met up with the people that started off UBW, Hugo Bloom being one of them, Yes. and they basically said, we want to start running shows in this area because this area has nothing. We want to bring rest into Hertfordshire. So they partnered with the school, uh, and then I heard about it, and they said, you know, you need to be on board, you and Phil, get the breed in. We did. Uh, and then did a couple of shows. And then after that, they basically said, you know, we need a bit of help with structuring things, booking, planning and stuff. Well, I've got some experience in doing that for multiple places. And it kind of just went from there. And then I was a mixture of talent and booking. Uh, and now I do everything possible. <laughs> it's just kind of gone like that. It wasn't Skip under his rich and famous gimmick, your first champion as well. So He was indeed, yeah. yeah. So how did you go about picking him as the first champion? Uh, so that was before I was on the on the, the, oh, the right. side. I was I'd never would have given him the bell. No. <laughs> um, but I can't. I don't know. I don't know what the decision was. But he was certainly the right person for it. We wanted to make sure that it was a babyface champion at the start. Uh, he was the most experienced. It was right for him to be the guy. And I actually structured. I helped them structure what they did with the final couple of matches. And it literally, I ripped off something that I'd done about five years previous for somewhere else did the exact same angle the exact same structure and it worked really well and it was uh yeah it was it was a great kickoff to the whole thing oh, yeah i love skip <laughs> skip's great yeah i love i love his quizzes he'll stay during lockdown he's on a thursday nights <laughs> yeah honestly i don't i don't think i've said this to him before but i don't think he realizes how therapeutic they were for people that were slowly losing their mind i was but that kind of thing really helped a lot of people stay sane yeah, the family we watch. I'm just watching my phone like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. So competitive as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So away, away. From, I was just away from wrestling. You host the podcast, but <laughs> it's still a wrestling podcast. But <laughs> tell us about uh, from the ashes. Yeah. So again, much like many people, um, when we got to COVID, we thought oh, I'm bored. I'll start a podcast. And uh, <laughs> I'm a man in my forties, and every man when he gets to forty nowadays goes, "I'm going to start a podcast." So I did it kind of to fill the gap because we weren't doing shows. I wasn't doing training and I was really struggling with you no know, wrestling in my life. Um, but also I wanted it mainly to be a platform for, so before like you were around before um, Jonas was around, there was nothing to really get those youngsters that were still trying to get their name out there, get them known to people. So I wanted to give them a platform to talk about their journey so far, what they've done, what they've achieved, what they're looking at. And dig into who they were as a person to kind of get that out into the ether and then people start learning about them ready for when we go back to doing wrestling shows, then maybe there's a bit of something behind it. Um, and it was, yeah, it was that and to keep me sane. And I've had a, I've had a purpose with it. It was kind of like structured to bring people into it that are the up and comers, have chats with old friends, 
uh, and then kind of have some follow-up conversations as well. And it's been great fun. I just, it's designed as just like, let's have a chit chat and talk about bits on the on the road. And uh, yeah, it's tremendous fun. I love doing it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, exactly. So. I wanted to start. I didn't, I just kind of just interviewed anyone who would say yes. <laughs> but I, 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 I love them. I did like enjoy interviewing Americans, but I don't like interviewing people at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I was at my age. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And I, and I, and I found the enthusiasm of the, young British wrestlers was just so infectious. I was like, yes, I want this is what I want my focus to be. So then it evolved from into my British rest journey. So people yeah. just talk about the let's start off you, you talk about your fandom to your first match and it's kind of just took off. Yeah. yeah. One thing you'll find is wrestlers love talking. Mm. <laughs> Especially about themselves. Wrestlers love it. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling fans love talking about wrestling but you get to talk about yourself as well. It's, but... <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I'll say I really love it. Sometimes people are like semi in character. And yeah. Take me first, always in character. And so it's like, and, and, yeah, there, there, is, there is no there is no line with Tate. Tate is Tate 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but no, it's great seeing it. I, I always try and catch him when you when you, you post them up. And it's, it's great because it's the same kind of thing. He's given a voice to these people. And it's, you know, people always message me and tell me, like my guys, and like, oh, I'm going to be on Brit Rose Journey. I'm like, great, make sure you mention me. But, you know, it's good because it's, it, again, it's just getting you out there and it's having a good kind of relaxed conversation. It's great for them. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Because I did try and focus, like I'll do, maybe do a month or six weeks from this one promotion and then move on mm. to a different promotion. So, 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 I know it just be talking about the wrestlers, but you kind of learn about the promotion and the schools as well. Yeah. Like if you interview a few people in a row, and, yeah, and hopefully it gets a few listeners that stay with you because you've interviewed yeah. a, lot, a lot of people in a row for the, the people they like. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a. I really want. Yeah, it's a, UBW sacrificing that. I really enjoy watching them on YouTube, and I want to get down there so at some point. So, yeah, yeah, be good to do. I'll try and find a weekend where maybe we've got both of us on at the same time of the weekend. Like you know, often quite often us and sacrifice run similar times. Yeah. So yeah, just come down, get a premiere in, and come watch both of us. That's that's the idea. Yeah, you're still that. having you're still having your feud as promotions. Is it? That was, that was like no, that. no, we did we did that. Um, I'm hopeful that we can do another one. Uh, last time we did one, I ended up taking a stunner from Ref Nick. Which, uh, <laughs> still owe him for that. But it, it was great. It was just you know, it's so much fun to do that kind of interpromotional thing because you get to really test what people can do. Yeah. Because there's, there's always a little bit of pride involved in it as well, but people get to test, step out their own comfort boxes. It's great to do. Yeah. You just didn't know if Truman Roswell was going to be on Team Sacrifice or Team yeah. <laughs> UPW. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Ladies and gents, this is Phil Woodvine of Pro Wrestling for you, and you're listening to Broken but Glorious. Right, so if you're a promoter for a day, promoting an event, so you some wrestlers you've ever worked or trained with, wrestlers are associated to you in some way. If I give you a match type, you tell me who you put in that match. Go for it. Cool. And as it's your card, every match can be intergender, three-way, four-way, five-way. Throw a stupid stipulation on if you want it. Sure, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, go cool. for so it. Cool, so who be what would be your opening contest to get the crowd excited? So I was thinking for the opener, uh, what did I put down as I was doing this earlier today? Uh, so <laughs> this is purely so I can get all my people out. I want to get on the card on the card. But yeah. uh, multi-person money in the bank Yes. Uh, with <laughs> Harrison Leon, Tony Sin, Josh Weiser, <laughs> Tommy and Kyle. He would not thank me for that. Uh, <laughs> memes and Arthur Scorrow, who is an up-and-comer Ooh. at the moment. And he is he's a big star in the making. So it'll be all of those. Throw them in there. Let's see what happens. Has Kyle been injured recently? I'm trying to remember. Who was that, sorry? Has Tommy Kyle been injured recently? Yeah, he did uh, a real simple kind of inoffensive dive at, um, it was, I forget which promotion it was now. Um, I remember it a minute. Uh, Landed awkwardly and broke his his leg below the knee. So just clean break. So he's been out rehabbing that, but he literally just yesterday got cleared for return to action. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So he's, he's itching to get back in there. He seems to have got really buff. He's one of those people over lockdown seems to have went... <laughs> yeah, he really put the work in and put the in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got he got a lot of bit of muscle behind his uh, hairy chest. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That'd be a great match. I'd be great to watch that. 
Uh, a comedy sandwich. So. Uh, yeah, this was an easy one. Skip and Vinny. Yes. <laughs> Easily. Skip is fantastic at comedy because he, he knows all the same comedy tricks that I do. And we, we uh, have very similar tastes in that. And Vinny is pluggable in with anybody. And Vinny and Skip have worked before and they had great chemistry. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely those two. Definitely. Um, your women's title match? So this is a mix. So Artemis, yes. of course, the, the absolute best going right now against somebody from the past. Uh, a wrestler from, I think, when was she around now? It would have been the mid-2000s, Sky. So Sky was my first protege. So I trained oh, her up. And she trained up at drop kicks and went on to work. Um, God, uh, or John Coppin shows, drop kicks. Uh, she did. She was the first woman to appear on a one PW card along with Chilita Melissa, um, IPW, various other places. And she also was one of the ones that went to the states with me to train with Dave Taylor um, and work with Benoit and Regal. So oh, wow. yeah, she was fantastic. But her and Artemis would be because they were both suplex masters. So that'd be a dream match for me. What happened to her? Um, she uh, was it mid to mid 2010s kind of area. Um, she got an opportunity to go to the army, which was something she oh, was interested. Okay. She was in the territorial awesome. army. She got posted out to Afghanistan. She was actually a bomb disposal expert, which was insane. Oh, uh, and she did a few tours with that, and she she had a great time with that. But obviously, wrestling had to uh, go by the wayside with that. And she's now settled down with her family, and she she loved her time with it, but she's enjoying her new life more. Yeah, oh, amazing. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Uh, what about your mid-card title match so or your workhorse title? That, uh, again, a mixture of two generations. Uh, Ricky Calvay, who is, in my opinion, one of the best in the business today. He, me and Skip call him the Bobby Eaton of UBW, and what that basically meant is Bobby Eaton is always spoken of as the guy who could work with anyone who was just, just bulletproof in his work, what he did. And he would always be the guy you could rely on. That's Calvay. He's Bobby Eaton with character on top. He is unbelievably good. And he hasn't even come close to hitting his potential yet, no, but I would say it should be, it should be in more places. As I say. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. doing sacrifice. Now he's doing Los Palominos at sacrifice. He does a couple of other places. But yeah, it's uh, it's my intention for the next twelve months to help you know boost him up another level because he's just he's so good and he's so humble as well. Yeah. Um, but I would have him against my old trainer Justin Richards, so the man who trained me. He yeah. was FWA champion. He was uh, EWW champion, uh, amateur wrestling national champion. Just unbelievable talent, and I think he and Calvay would be an amazing match. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, Calvay is really fun. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's like the as you said, Bobby Eason, but, but like early one two three kid, where the, the um, Vince would say have a match against one two three kid, yeah, because he can't have a bad match of anyone. So if you can't have a good match of him, then you're not good enough for WWE. So, yeah, honestly, honestly, and and he he can go in, and he's one of those guys as well. He could go on a losing streak, and it wouldn't hurt his credibility whatsoever. He would still be just as over and. Yeah, he's 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 so good. He needs he needs to get more recognition. He's so good. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, a hardcore extreme rules style match. So this can be anything oh. from twenty comedy twenty four hours straight up to death match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just straight up hardcore weapons kind of attitude era style weapons. You know, trolley full of weapons match. Um, Truman because Truman yes. loves the hardcore match uh, against a guy from my past who I worked with and. He was a big star in the FWA, Ulf Hermann. Ulf Hermann, the seven-foot German. He was he was legit. It was about, I suppose it was about six, seven. Um, but he was this big... He used to be head of security for Rammstein. Oh, wow. In real life. And then he got into wrestling, and Ulf swore a lot. So he was a nightmare when you let him in the microphone. But he was just this... He worked at ECW briefly as well. But he was this big, roughhouse, powerhouse monster. And he was just the best human being. He was so wonderful to be around. Lovely guy. And so funny. Um, you'd never want to get into a fight with him. But because, yeah, Ramstein security guard and stuff, he's tough. But he was a master of doing hardcore matches as well. And I think him and Truman would absolutely tear the house down. That sounds <laughs> so good. Yeah, Truman's another guy who seems to come out of 
locked down with this new confidence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I interviewed him when he was still Paddy. <laughs> so, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's again. He's another one. He hasn't come close to hitting his his peak yet, but he's mm. just so good, so good as a worker. So good. It's got such a great voice. I think he's got. Like, yeah. He 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 dives into the character full force. Mm. He's so, and it's a funny thing with him because. He he posts all the stuff about his conspiracy theories that you know lizard people, aliens, and all that kind of stuff. And he's never he's never let on if he actually believes in it or not. <laughs> but if we ask him, he won't tell us. So there's that constant thing of like, how much of this is a gimmick? <laughs> it's masterful. It's like a, it's like a um, uh, Andy Kaufman thing. He just keeps it going. So nobody quite knows for sure. He's so good. Cool. Uh, your tag teams that much? So I'm gonna be selfish on this one. I'm putting myself and Phil in. We've yes. got a new breed in now, but we're going against the guys that we only got. We only had a chance to wrestle them once, um, and honestly, they were the best team we ever worked. And it was a crime that the FWA wouldn't give them a proper chance. Um, they should have been because they could have been, they could have been massive stars. They were called the Coal Miners. Uh, two lads from up um, somewhere up north. Uh, and they wore overalls. Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, I think they may have been Yorkshire based. But they were like dungaree overalls and they were coal miners, but they were unbelievable. They were kind of a mix of um, the Mercy Machine Guns, the Fabulous Rougeos, the Rockers, but they were oh, heels. Wow. Yeah. They, uh, we had the most barnstorming match with them once and we fought for years to get another one. They just wouldn't do it, but they were so good. And I would love to have a match with them, me and Phil, against them, two out of three falls stipulation. <laughs> My favorite stipulation. We'd have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> Cool. And then your main events. You talk about people that I've worked with and people that I've, I've run around with. There's realistically only two people, and they've done they've done their own matches with each other constantly for over 25 years, but I've never seen them do this. Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch, one more time in an Iron Man match. Ooh, it's literally the two best wrestlers I have ever been around in my life. Just. And they, they still do the match now that they did in, say, 2001, and it's as good now, if not better, than it ever was. Put those two in there and an Iron Man. I'd, I would sit ringside and never blink. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Do you have somebody you have, like, a like, like they, they have their match? Do you have somebody ever had anyone like that? I've worked with various people um, that they have have their their match structure and, you know, you, you slot into it. Um, that, to be honest, I have mine. Um Doug Williams is often like that. Doug would have a Doug match, and you're working with Doug, you do Doug's match. Absolutely fine. Um, I, yeah, I got into a habit uh, in the late 2000s of I had my match, and anyone I'd work with, I'd be like, right, okay, we do this, 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 and it, you just follow that structure. Um, and it's a good thing to do because it's it's comfort, and it's tried and tested and safe, and especially if you're working with someone that's new, that have to go along with what, you know works and then they look better by proxy um but yeah I, I i don't mind sometimes it's good to just oh this is work it out and we're out there and other times it's good to go okay we're doing a to b b to c c to d cool yeah. that's it that's amazing God, i need to yeah. look up the coal miners they sound amazing there's not that's much footage of them out there there's not much of them out there because again early 2000s there wasn't there wasn't a youtube back then so very little yeah. stuff was actually recorded but yeah they were yeah. so yeah, when I interviewed Sugar Dunnington, he says he remembers having to take a video camera to film his own matches. Cause, cause else I've got film. various bits. I've got them up on my YouTube channel. Various bits that I recorded from our time. Um, it's only a fraction of what we did, but that was all my camcorder that I took along. No one else was doing it. And a lot of stuff was never... This stuff has been lost to the annals of time. It's a shame. Um, but yeah, sadly, there's not a lot of their stuff out there, if any. But boy, they were good. That's it. I can see why. They never... Cause Unless you're gonna sell videotapes, what's the point of filming yeah. the shows? There's nowhere to put them. Seriously. Yeah, we just filmed our stuff because one, we wanted to have a record of it, and two, we took it back and studied it. We'd always watch our stuff and go, right, what went wrong, what was bad, and we'd use that as our learning point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you want to remember? Um, oh, sorry. <coughs> do you want to remind the listeners about Beach Blast? Yes, yeah, so we got a real busy couple of months actually. So we got Biggles Wade Beach Blast. It's a nightmare to say. On July second, Biggles Wade. We've got Square One Show in Stevenage on July 15th, uh, Havoc in the Heat. We've got August the, I think it's the 5th. Yeah, it's August the 5th. 
Um, we are in, I don't I'll check my calendar because I've got my no brain at all. August the 5th, we're back in Stockfold. Uh, and then the 26th of August, we're back in Bulldog. And then there's more after that. So we've got a busy summer, busiest summer we've had for years. It's good. It's good stuff. And where, where can people find out more information about you, BWs? So we're on all the socials. Uh, the handle is at we are UBW. So on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I don't think the MySpace is working. Um, <laughs> but or GeoCities, that's not working. Um, but we're on those main ones. Um, and Facebook's probably the most most updated one. Uh, there's always content on there, which most of the time I'm doing. But there's all tons out there. Um, yeah, follow, follow on, subscribe on to stuff. We're on YouTube as well. Got tons of footage on there uh yeah get on on and see everyone there's there's a lot of wackies if you're bored get on there and find the playlist of the infinity championship some bizarre wacky fun stuff we did with that i miss that a lot that one uh oh his name's jethro yep jethro was a multi-time champion yeah it was it was the whole steiner or Scott Steiner was was actually the legit champion of the uh, uh, yeah he um, he I think get when he was on the toilet yeah yeah <laughs> uh, Infinity Championship was also held by a John Cena action figure by a Christmas tree a Fredo Bar was champion at one point um, it was just chaos so uh, Percy Trainer's car was champion for a short while. Yeah, it was mad. So much fun. So much fun. Yeah, if you want to get to know your roster, you just go buy Flores Lava matches. Or it's, yeah, it's yeah. so good. So, yeah, I, I like the concept that you don't have to go to the rope. You just need to land in the, the lava and you're, you're out. It's, yeah. It's different. Yeah, which is, which is what was what was an amazing thing we did one year where somebody got, I think, yeah, uh, Tim Lee got thrown out and landed on the floor. Somebody else got thrown out and landed on Tim Lee, therefore not touching the lava, so he could get back in the ring. And, all, and Vader Scott got put on the other side of the room, and she had to hop a chair back to the ring. It was just chaos. So much yes. fun, though. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'll put links to all your social media to take information below the interview. So I've really enjoyed being today. I'd love and good luck with Beach Blast. It sounds because it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Yeah. It's going to be warm, but it's yeah. going to be good. But yeah, and uh, yeah, keep everyone posted on your training journey because. I'm going to be looking out for you having your first match now. You've, you've, you've now set an expectation. You've got to get to that point, get in the advanced class and get your first match. Even if it's just a rumble, you've got to get in there. Yes, that's, that's what I'm hoping so. 